Hello, welcome back to another episode of Chairsite Live. I'm Dr. Justin Shi, Clinical Research Associate and a member of the team of practicing dentists here at Gladwell Laboratories. For this case, I'll show you what I did for a patient that had post-operative sensitivity for over a year with an Emax crown that was placed on tooth number 30. I'll show you how I removed the old crown and then go through the proper bonding sequence on an obsidian CAD crown to help avoid this situation in the future. Let's take a look. Here our patient presents with a Emax full coverage crown on tooth number 30. And you can see the buccal surface is somewhat under-contoured, but that's not really the reason why we are going to replace this. The patient states that for over a year since the restoration was seated, she could not chew on the right side of her mouth because of the sensitivity and pain that she experienced each time she bit down right on it. And this is actually quite a common occurrence that I've heard of from situations where a glass ceramic restoration is bonded in, especially. So to remove this Emax restoration, which can certainly be difficult when it's bonded in place, I make depth cuts along the buccal surface and occlusal, and then all the way around to the lingual, ensuring that I carefully prep down to the original preparation, and also make a cross from mesial to distal connecting all of these grooves. So I use a combination of the Zercator diamond burr and also the razor carbide burr to assist with making cuts on each surface of the restoration. And then with a crown removal tool with a twisting action to remove the sections. Sometimes that final piece may need to be prepped off if it's really bonded on well. Once the old restoration is removed, I will begin evaluating the prep and see what areas can be improved upon. With all ceramic restorations, the preparations ideally should have a one and a half to two millimeter occlusal reduction and about one millimeter axially with all rounded internal angles. That's really key with these all ceramic materials to ensure that we have a restoration that's well adapted to the prep. Once the preparation is set, I'll sometimes use a probe or an explorer to run it along the shoulder of the preparation just to ensure that the surfaces are nice and smooth. We also want the transition from the cervical wall to the axial wall of the prep to be rounded too. So we want a rounded shoulder or heavy chamfer with these all ceramic restorations. Because again, a lot of these new materials are either milled out, and even when they're pressed, they much rather adapt to a rounded preparation. Now that the prep is set, I place two retraction cords. The first one is a triple zero, and followed by a larger second cord, size number two, and that will help displace the tissue away from the preparation laterally. Once the cord is seated, I just roll over some of the other sharp angles that I see, and when everything is set, I'll place a copper cap. The copper cap is placed to aid with hemostasis and also to provide additional pressure apically onto the retraction cord to allow some more effectiveness in its placement. 
Once the cord is removed, you can see the separation of the hard and soft tissue. And that's what we want to achieve a good impression for this tooth. And really for any tooth, we want to not only have a nice preparation, but unless we separate the soft tissue from the tooth, we won't be able to accurately fabricate a good fitting restoration along that marginal finish line. So for this case, I did scan this in with a digital impression system, uh, designed it chair side, and used the TS-150 milling system to mill out an obsidian CAD lithium silicate restoration. The process in the milling cycle took about 12 minutes, and the lithium silicate CAD material does require a crystallization cycle of about 20 minutes. So I did take advantage of that required cycle to apply some additional stain and glaze to enhance the aesthetics of the restoration. Once the restoration is crystallized and stained and glazed, I go ahead and test fit it. I try it into the patient's mouth. And the first thing we want to evaluate will be the proximal contacts. So I'll use some floss to verify that the contact is where we want that to be. And knowing where the contacts are set, knowing that they're not too heavy, then we can evaluate the marginal integrity, the marginal adaptation of this crown to the prep. We want to ensure that the margins are sealed and also that they're flush whenever the transition from the prep to the restoration is checked. We want to verify that that's as smooth as possible. If there's any sort of overhang or over contour, that can certainly affect the gingival health and lead to inflammation. For the restoration itself, we do have to surface treat it with hydrofluoric acid, especially if you do mill this chair side. When it comes to bonding of these restorations, a lot of times we can desiccate the tooth by over-drying the preparation, and that's what we want to avoid. So to help avoid desiccating the tooth, I will apply an additional desensitizer prior to delivering this restoration. And there are several different desensitizers on the market. In this case, I'm using Gluma. And most of them have a combination of glutaraldehyde and HEMA, which is hydroxyethylmethacrylate. And the combination of the two really helps to rehydrate the tooth, to re-wet it. But also a, a big key with the combination of glutaraldehyde and HEMA is they will occlude the dentinal tubules and help slow down or prevent the flow of fluids within the tooth. And also, again, the, the big part is rehydrating the preparation. So I apply a small drop of this desensitizer to the preparation. And while you do this, you also want to ensure that you avoid getting this solution onto the soft tissue because it can cause some irritation to the gingiva. I allow the desensitizer agent to set on the prep for about a minute, a minute to two minutes, and once it's set, I don't rinse it off. I go ahead and apply the cement into the restoration and then go ahead and seat it. And that's really key to help avoid these post-op sensitivity situations. In this case, I use 3M's Reliax Unisem and allow that to enter a gel state and then I'll proceed with the removal of the cement. Removing the excess on the buccal and lingual, and then with a floss, 
that has a knot in it to help ensure that the interproximal cement is removed effectively. Once the restoration is seated, we can see that with a chair-side CAD lithium silicate restoration, we can help restore the patient's form and function and also have excellent aesthetics with this as well. And here I just used some shim stock to help verify that the occlusal contacts are ideally where we want them to be. So here is our restoration once it's in place, and I'm happy to report that this patient immediately after the delivery of this new restoration did not experience any postoperative sensitivity. She was so happy that she was able to continue chewing on the right side, an area that she avoided for several months. So to help avoid postoperative sensitivity with these all-ceramic restorations. It's not so much the material that you decide to use. It's all about the bonding protocol and ensuring that we avoid desiccation of the tooth to ensure that our patients are comfortable. I hope you enjoyed this case presentation. On behalf of everyone here at the lab, thanks for watching Chairside Live, and we'll see you back here next time.